0: Good morning, everyone, those on Zoom and those here. (laughs) Um, I always call for my tech support, my daughters. (laughs) But anyway, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we look into your word, we ask your blessing on each of us. We ask that we may be guided into truth As we pray, we think of the needs of our church, each one, and we pray that you might meet those needs. Now we pray that you'll guide us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you hear me all right? Okay. (laughs) I'm gonna move this a little bit. Well, today we're going to be looking at Isaiah 38. I've been impressed with the kings of of Judah, especially the good kings, and I think these are valuable lessons because the Bible says that uh, we are a royal priesthood, and we should be thinking of that. We have royal blood in us through the Lord Jesus Christ, and we should be good kings and priests. So Isaiah 38 is the passage we're looking at for uh, another test in Hezekiah's life. Hezekiah was one of the four exceptional kings. If we think of it this way, there were 19 kings and, and one queen, I should say, 19 that ruled over Judah. And only seven were good. And of those seven, only four were exceptional. And Hezekiah was one of them. Now, something interesting is that when the Bible speaks of these exceptional kings, it also speaks of tests that they were submitted to, subjected to. There were tests in some area in their life. Uh, now, the other kings, the good kings but not the exceptional kings, and the bad kings were not tested. They had their problems, but they were of their own making, if you might put it that way. Well, the testing of God is something that he does for his exceptional. I think of uh, Abraham. Uh, God had Abraham go and offer his son as a sacrifice to prove that he trusted God. Another one that we think of is Job. God had Satan take all of his possessions and his family to prove, his children rather, to prove his integrity. And it's interesting that God had said to Satan, have you considered my servant? Well, I think we could say the same things about the exceptional kings. Have we considered God's servant? Well, Hezekiah was one that had uh, led the people to back to God, having the Levites cleanse the temple, bringing the people to observe the Passover, the, and the remembrance of the Lord God. It was a real revival, and then he was tested when Sennacherib of Assyria came with his armies and marched against Jerusalem or toward Jerusalem, we should say. And Hezekiah did what he could to defend the city, but he wisely knew that he must leave the rest with the Lord and and the Lord promised him that Sennacherib would not even come into the city, would not even shoot an arrow or even build a siege against the city. He would go home empty-handed Well, the portion that we read today is Isaiah 38, another test that Hezekiah was given. And it seems to be about the time that Sennacherib was ready to attack Jerusalem because it says in the first verse of Isaiah 38, in those days Hezekiah was sick and near death and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, Went to him and said to him, thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Now, as for me, I, I would have hated to be in Isaiah's shoes <laughs> or sandals at this time to give the bad news. And um, we read then that Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, remember now, O Lord. I pray how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight and Hezekiah wept bitterly. Uh, I tell you, we do have tests that come to us. And this was a test that came and was a real personal test that Hezekiah would have to set his heart house in order. And that meant setting all, uh, settling all debts, making sure everybody, all the bills were paid and his will was made. Everything had to be done, finished. And, uh, you know, this is particularly hard, I think, for Hezekiah because the Jews believed that a long life was a, a symbol of God's blessing. And here he was, only 38 any age is too young but 38 and he would have to die. What a tragedy. But then interestingly enough, there's an irony in this in that Hezekiah in the early days tore down a whole bunch of idols and images. He and one of the things he did is he broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made That was uh, 700 years before. But he broke it into pieces. For until those days, the children of Israel burned incense to it and called, and Hezekiah called it Nehushtan, which means the bronze thing. They would have called it the serpent. And there's a play on words there for serpent and the bronze thing. And uh, so Hezekiah had destroyed that. A serpent on the pole. If you go back to Numbers 22, we we learn how the people were bitten by serpents and Moses set up this pole with a serpent, a brass serpent on it and uh, told them that if they would look to it when they were bitten, if they would look to it, they would be healed. And they did. We hope they all did. <laughs> but the, But it's amazing that this icon, this thing became an item of worship that they would burn incense to it. You you would think uh, they would think they had healing power in it. And, uh, you know, it's interesting that it's a symbol of of modern medicine. Uh, Actually, there are two uh, symbols similar to each other. There's the single serpent on the pole used by many but then there's the, the twin, two snakes on, on a, with wings on a pole. But uh, it's interesting that uh, it has become a symbol in modern medicine. Well, somebody that heard about Hezekiah's illness could probably have said, well, you know, he could have burnt, to that, burnt incense to that god, you know, if he, only he hadn't destroyed it. He'll get a taste of his own medicine. <laughs> but um, but he prayed and called on the name of the Lord. In Second Kings twenty, it tells us, and it happened before Isaiah had gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him saying, "Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, thus says the Lord, the God." of David your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, surely I will heal you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord and I will add to your days 15 years and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. Now there's the time to be in Hezekiah, I mean Isaiah's shoes, <laughs> turn around, uh, and go back. It's funny, it, almost comical, he's he's on his way out of the palace when he's in the middle court and, and the Lord says, okay, wait, <laughs> go go back. And so he turns around and goes back. He hadn't even left the palace and uh, to give him this news. But it, it is good news for Hezekiah. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. And I think of that verse in the New Testament that says... In James, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So he was healed. He would, in three days, go up to the house of the Lord. He would also have 15 more years. In 2 Kings 20, verse 7, it says, also then, then Isaiah said, take a lump of figs. So they took and laid it on the boil, and he recovered. Well, you know, this is all we know about the illness that Hezekiah had. But we do know that it was life-threatening, whatever it was, but he recovered. Well, even before he was healed, Hezekiah posed a question to Isaiah. Well, what is the sign that the Lord will heal me and that I shall go up to the house of the Lord on the third day? Well, you know the Bible in the first Corinthians says that signs are for them that do not believe. Think of that. He's asking for a sign. He doesn't really believe, you know, Gideon. Remember, remember Gideon in the fleece. There was the dry fleece on the wet ground and the, (laughs) <laughs> I think, think see the wet fleece on the dry ground and the dry fleece on the... No, wait. <laughs> I get all confused. Anyway, the wet fleece on the dry ground. Anyway. Anyway, so he didn't believe that he would win. And the leaders in Jesus' day did not believe that Jesus was the Messiah, but he gave them the sign of Jonah that uh, he would be raised in three days. So then Isaiah said, well, this is the sign to you from the Lord that the Lord will do the thing which he has spoken. Shall the shadow go back, go forward 10 degrees or go backward 10 degrees? Well, some people uh, believe that this was the the, uh, sundial, but there may be another explanation. It might be the steps that Ahaz had built and that the shadow Went down the steps. But either way, it would have been a, a, a sign for Hezekiah. He had a choice. He had a choice to have the shadow go forward or the shadow go backward. Now, it would be a miracle either way. But Hezekiah thought, no, I'll have it go backward. That's harder to do. And so the Isaiah called on the Lord, and the Lord moved it back 10 degrees. Or steps, because in the Hebrew the uh, degree, the word "degrees" is most often translated "steps." Well, everything is fine until we read another portion in Second Chronicles. You notice I've been jumping from Isaiah to Kings to Chronicles, and it's because one may speak of one thing, and the other two do do not. And so I, I've compiled all of those records together, which kind of shows that whatever God's word, you know, whatever we read in God's word, it's all complementing each other. You, you take all three accounts. So in Second Chronicles, we learn something. It says, but Hezekiah did not repay according to the favor shown him, for his heart was lifted up. Therefore, wrath was looming over him and over Judah and Jerusalem. Now, it's, you know, insulting to God when we're not grateful. When we don't express our thanks for what he has done. And especially when it says his heart was lifted up, that's pride. why, Why let pride take over? But it does. But in the next verse we read, then Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart he and and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the wrath of the Lord did not come upon them in the days of Hezekiah. Now, back in Isaiah 38, we have, starting in verse 22, a song that Hezekiah wrote. And it's quite a song, speaking of the anguish of his heart, and the bitterness in his own soul, but then the amazing healing by God and deliverance. It's interesting, at the end of the song, he says, the Lord was ready to save me, and that means deliver, to deliver me. Therefore, we will sing my songs with stringed instruments all the days of my life in the house of the Lord. Now, it's interesting, he it says my songs, and so we ask, what songs? What songs could he be thinking of? Well, right after the longest psalm, 119, are 15 psalms that come. And they all have the title, the Song of Degrees or Song of Ascent, as if going up to the temple that Hezekiah would do on the third day. Well, it's interesting because these 15 Psalms seem to correlate with the 15 years that Hezekiah was promised. Well, if you look at those 15 Psalms, um, all but 10 are written by David and Solomon. Did I have that right? Yeah, 10 10 of them are anonymous. And it's believed that Hezekiah wrote those 10 anonymous psalms. And it's interesting that the 10 is the number of degrees that went backwards on. Uh, well, Hezekiah was blessed in those 15 years. In Second Chronicles, we read that he had very great riches and honor. And he made himself treasuries for silver, for gold, for precious stones, for spices, for shields. And for all kinds of desirable items, storehouses for the harvest of grain, wine, and oil, and stalls for all kinds of livestock and folds for flocks. Moreover, he provided cities for himself and possessions of flocks and herds in abundance, for God had given him very much property. Well, God blessed him. We also know that God blessed him with children that were born and uh, but then we have this strange account also in second corinthians 30 uh, chronicles 32 however regarding the ambassadors of the princes of babylon whom they sent to him to inquire about the wonder that was done in the land god withdrew from him in order to test him that he might know all that was in his heart Now, this is the one test that we learn of. Um, Actually, it's amazing that it tells us that it was a test. But in this test, God withdrew from him. Well, let's read that. Isaiah 39 tells us what the particulars of this uh, account. He explains what happened. He says, "Merodach Baladan, the son of Baladan, king of Babylon sent letters and a present to Hezekiah for he heard that he had been sick and had recovered. And Hezekiah was pleased with them and showed them the house of his treasures, the silver and gold, the spices and precious ointment and all his armory, all that was found among his treasures. There was nothing in his house or in all his dominion that Hezekiah did not show them. Then Isaiah the prophet went to King Hezekiah and said to him, what did these men say? And from where did they come to you? So Hezekiah said, well, they came to me from a far country from Babylon. And he said, what have they seen in your house? So Hezekiah answered, they have seen all that is in my house. There's nothing among my treasures that I have not shown them. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and what your fathers have accumulated until this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord, and they shall take away some of your sons who will descend from you, whom you will beget, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Wow, this is an amazing, amazing prophecy. Now, again, I don't want to be in Isaiah's shoes (laughs) for this message, but it was necessary. So what did Hezekiah do? Well, he let his guard down. He let pride take over. He was so glad to show everything off that he had. But, you know, there was a purpose in this. That, you know, as we mentioned, God withdrew. And uh, we believe that Satan was allowed to tempt him and test him, tempt him. But, you know, Hezekiah should have been suspicious of Babylon. Think of Babylon. Babylon has always been anti-God. When civilizations rose after the flood, there's the one city, Babel that Nimrod built and that became the rallying point where the tower was built into the heavens, so-called. And um, it was a anti-God movement. But God thwarted this by confusing all the people with new languages. This was also the area that Abraham left by the command of the Lord, directing him to go to the land of Canaan well, in Hezekiah's day, Babylon was one of those countries that was battling other countries for power, and eventually they would defeat would defeat Assyria and become a world power. And then this is when the empire reached into God's land, and of course, then the prophecies would be fulfilled. 80, about 80 years after, after Hezekiah died. But Babylon also figures in the future history of the world in the book of Revelation, the, the mystery, the harlot will, uh, that is centered in Rome will be, be powerful with that same anti-God spirit. And yet that will be destroyed. Babylon is fallen is fallen it's interesting that in revelation 18 a voice from heaven calls out come out of her my people lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues for her sins have reached to heaven and god has remembered her iniquities so in whatever form of babylon you find beware so how did how did hezekiah do well, it was the test of the adversary, Assyria, he passed. In the test of the ailment, he passed. But the test of this, um, the ambassador group from Babylon, he did not do well. I, I think he failed. <laughs> but anyway, you know, Hezekiah's name means... God is my strength and you know when he submitted to God and believed that God was able to help him and and enable him but then we have to ask ourselves how well are we doing you know as priests and kings uh, we're going to be judged by how we served and represented the king of kings And hopefully, uh, we will have submitted to the Lord and humbled ourselves that we strive also to be exceptional believers. It might mean testing, but we have a God who we can look to. And then there's also a message for those that are not God's people to get on the right side to be, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, who God had sent. Whoever believes on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So maybe this message will have helped you and helped each of us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your son, the Lord Jesus Christ who is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we pray that we will please him and honor him, submit to him and serve him. We ask that you bless each one. And then we pray for those that do not know you, that they may come to you, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.